Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's Wednesday Champions League preview. PSG with a few absentees against Leipzig. Chelsea without Pulisic against Rennes. Barcelona, Manchester United also play. We got all the action. Jimmy Conrad, Jonathan Johnson, James Bench. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure that you leave a rating and review and stay right here because the show begins right now. Champions League Wednesday preview. As promised, we begin it all with my man, Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy C, how are you, brother? I am living the dream. I'm excited to be wearing my Brisbane Roar uh, A-League jersey just to rep Australia a little bit. But yeah, I'm excited. I love the Champions League. It's my favorite competition in the world, so I'm always happy to talk about it. I love it, and I love the roar action. Let's get roaring into your easy money. But before we do that, by the way, uh, saluting all our listeners. Um, as mentioned, if you you know listen to us on cbssports.com, also make sure that you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And a special mention to our producer's dad, who's not a soccer fan, but now is one because of Kego Lasso, Glade Polly. What a name, hey, Jimmy? What Glade a name. Pauly. What a name. I... I... My name pales in comparison to Glade Polly. So shout out to Glade. Glade Polly sounds like an Air Force pilot. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, let's talk about your easy money Wednesday. So many good games. Uh, let's start straight away. Okay, so I'm going to start with, for me, the best player in Champions League history, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, Juve is traveling to Hungary to take on Ferenc Varos. And even though I like Ferenc Varos in some ways, I'm not going to talk about them. I'm going to talk about Juve because Cristiano came back from his double COVID test. He came on as a sub against Spezia, scored two goals in 37 minutes or whatever. The guy just scores goals. The guy is an absolute machine. He gets better with age for whatever reason. He just has a knack for being in the right place at the right time. And his finishing ability is next level. You can get this guy at plus 100. So you got to bet 100 to win 100, right? Or 10 to win 10 or whatever you want to score the first or last goal. So that's the best value that I could find. You can obviously take a big wager, just go first only, but I like the first or last goal because you can cover yourself with two different angles. One is, is he going to set the tone early and say, Hey, I'm here. I'm going to take you down Ferenc Farosh, or is he going to want to be the hero and score last, you know? So I feel like this covers you in both ways. So I like that bet a lot. And the guy's going to score. It's just a matter of when he actually that, does it. That's a great bet. That's a great bet because Ronaldo's pretty, you know, thinking, you know, I couldn't play against Barcelona, you know, all these COVID issues. Let me just go at it against a, 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 a arguably a weaker side and he loves the champions league it's just it's his competition he owns it he takes responsibility for it he, he he just wants to be the guy and i think this is his one real chance to like put his flag on the ground and say i'm better than messi at this competition which i believe that he is okay and then yeah. the next one i have is chelsea's timo Werner to get over one shot on target he's got to get two or more to get plus 130. i like this one a lot uh he i'm gonna use the sevilla they played Sevilla two weeks ago, match day one, 0-0 at Stanford Bridge. And he still got two shots on goal against a very, very difficult to break down Sevilla defense. 
and I like him to do the business, especially if they're going to start Tammy Abraham up top. Him coming off the wing is a little bit of a different version of Timo Werner. I think he likes to cut in, and I think he likes to shoot from that. When he's the number nine by himself, it's a little bit harder at times because I think he's got to bring other people into the play. But when he's out wide, he gets to join the attack. The responsibility of holding the ball up goes to Tammy Abraham, and I think he's going to get more shots. And, you know, he's playing rent. They're gonna if he can't get two shots on Ren, I'm gonna be pretty disappointed. I like that value a lot at plus 130. Uh, I had Mbappe to do the business of my Jimmy special. I took him out because he's actually gonna be hurt. Come on, Mbappe. You need to win this game. PSG needs to beat RB Leipzig in Germany, but I'm gonna leave that one alone for now. So Manchester United's Anthony Martial to score and United to win 1-0-2-0 or 2-1 is plus 500. This is probably my biggest flyer of the day. And why I like this one is because Martial has been suspended for the domestic games. He didn't play against Arsenal when they lost 1-0 this weekend in Old Trafford. I think he's going to be up for it and ready to go. I think his ability to combine with Rashford is better than Greenwood, right? Greenwood's a little bit younger. And even though Greenwood might play, I just think that the combination ability between Rashford and Martial has been next level over the last season, season and a half. So I like him to be up for it. He's going to be rested. He's going to be ready to go. And Istanbul Bashakshir, not very good. They have yet to score in the Champions League. And... That's why I like the one zero two zero. I could see United just doing what they have to do to survive, not running up the score like they did against RB Leipzig. So I like that one a lot. However, there's another bet that I have here that isn't written on this easy money thing. If you want Manchester United to win both halves, it's plus 215. So they got to, you know, obviously win both halves. It's obvious. I like that one a lot. They could score early, maybe sit back a little bit, absorb, 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 hit them on a counter in the second half, win two zero, and then everybody's happy. Hopefully a Martial does it. And we hit all those bets. That would be a good one. And then I really like Lazio to win in the over two and a half goals at plus 320. Lazio have not lost in four games. They look very good. Cheer the hero Mobley's back in the team. The dude just scores goals, just like Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, just, they like putting the team on their shoulders and doing it. I just think that they, I don't know. I, 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 it's, it was a Dinamo Kiev, I think. is No, no, that's not who they're playing. They're playing uh, against. Zenit from Petersburg. Yeah, Zenit. And Zenit hasn't been very good. They've lost three straight. Well, they beat a team in the relegation zone this past weekend. But prior to that, they've not looked good. They lost to Club Bruges at home two to one. And I just think that Lazio are a better team than Club Bruges. And even though Zenit maybe might make some changes, I think their heads are down. I think the coach could actually be getting fired here pretty soon, despite his wealth of experience. I like Lazio a lot. I'm like, Lazio winning over two and a half goals? That's, that's a 2-1 scoreline plus 320. Stamp it, Luis. Easy money. Those three games, by the way, Chelsea, Rennes, Istanbul, Besiktas, Manchester United, and Zenit St. Petersburg against Lazio. They're all brand new matches. These opponents have never faced uh, against each other. Uh, very quickly, I think, to um, Timo Werner's point, the fact that Pulisic is out uh, will give more freedom on the wing. I think the Manchester United thing on leading both halves is a tricky one, but to your point about Anthony Martial, he's going to be up for it. And yeah, Cheer of the hero, you just you just got to root for him. Anything else from Wednesday's action? Any sneaky picks? I mean, we also have Sevilla against Krasnodar, Club Bruges against Dortmund, and Barcelona against Dynamo Kiev. Anything else from those games at all? I don't have anything that's like this obvious value. Like, how the hell did William Hill allow that to be, you know, that that big? I wonder about PSG. I think there's some real value there. When I look at uh, that game in particular, it's kind of a, a toss-up. PSG to win is plus 180 straight up. And I think that's really good value. I mean, to get PSG, but they don't have Neymar, they don't have Icardi, and they don't have Mbappe. So <laughs> it's a little bit difficult. But RB Leipzig haven't scored in their last two games. They look off the pace a little bit. They look like they're trying to figure out what their new identity is. I mean, they started off hot. But when you look at RB Leipzig and who they've won against this season, all four of those teams and their wins in the Bundesliga, that is, 
are all in the bottom half of the table or in the relegation zone. They play against anybody that's substantial and has some quality. They struggle. And I could see that happening again. I don't know. Moise Keane has scored four goals in his last two games. You might want to put a flyer on him and kind of see, like, if you want the first goal or whatever you like, just go on to William Hill and check it out. But, but Moise Keane could be okay. I just worry about who's going to give him the ser- service. Di Maria's out there. Uh, Sarabia's out there. They have some quality. And so, so maybe those guys will step up, but it's going to be a little bit more difficult than usual. Jimmy, Jimmy Conrad, he's going to be back once again later on. Uh, he's always with me to give us the best betting tips, the best analysis, the best shirts, the best roars, and everything else. Jimmy Conrad, always good to see you. And thank you so much for being part of this once again, buddy. Oh, thanks, brother. I love you, dude. I love you too, man. Uh, stay right here, guys, because we'll be right back after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, everybody. As promised, uh, a loaded episode, and we have Jonathan Johnson from Paris. JJ, how are you, buddy? Very good, thanks. And yourself? I'm good, I'm good. I'm excited to talk to you about a very big game on Wednesday, PSG at RB Leipzig. We have already talked about a few injuries, but we haven't really full-on discussed all of them, and it's a a bit of a conundrum here for Thomas Tuchel. Uh, Talk to us about uh, just the squad and the absentees. Yeah, so PSG made the decision overnight that Kylian Mbappe won't feature uh, against Leipzig. And that's bearing in mind that Neymar was already ruled out until after the international break. So it's PSG going to Germany for a key match in the group uh, without their two star men. Uh, on top of that, there's no Marco Verratti. He's uh, been out for a while now. Mario Cardi as well. Uh, we're unlikely to see either of those guys until after the international break. And the same goes for Julian Draxler. So a number of absentees for Thomas Tuchel. Okay, he's been boosted uh, by the return of uh, Leandro Paredes. So that gives him one new option in the midfield because things have been looking a bit stale there. Uh, but otherwise, you know, this is going to really uh, challenge Tuchel to, to rise to the uh, you know, to, to come to the fore uh, tactically for this game to get the result. So uh, as we look to this, uh, who are some players I think that we can focus on with PSG? I mean, even though we have so many key members of the squad missing out and it's a big game, you know, I'm thinking Moise Keane, Di Maria, uh, you know, do some specific players need to step up? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Keane is one obvious candidate for that, considering the goals that he scored recently. Uh, you know, was the star man last week in Turkey, getting both goals against Basak Shahir, uh, scored a double as well against Dijon uh, in Ligue 1 recently. Had his own physical uh, worries, uh, but he seems to have come through them. So he'll be definitely one of the players that Tuchel is hoping will deliver uh, against Leipzig. Di Maria coming back from suspension, that domestic uh, ban has now been completely served. That's a big, big boost because Di Maria, as important as he is uh, for PSG, doesn't seem to have had the, the, the run of games that he needs to find his form. Uh, so when he's been coming into the Champions League matches, he's not hot because he's not been playing domestically. Uh, and I think him finally putting a run of matches together, uh, you know, will, will benefit PSG. Uh, but whether or not he's going to be able to, to, to create uh, at his best level uh, in Leipzig, you know, the pressure is really going to be on because PSG need greater creativity. We've seen quite a few workmanlike performances from the team in the last couple of weeks. And I think another key man to look at as well, especially when we're focusing on the midfield, uh, is Marquinhos, whether Tuchel decides to put him in defence, whether he decides to continue with him in defensive midfield. Because if you've got Paredes coming into that midfield, that already freshens things up a little bit. Uh, and if you've got Marquinhos there as well, you've got two players who are capable of, of creating. I mean, Paredes is also a bit of a goal threat from distance. Uh, Marquinhos, uh, a goal threat from set pieces. So that changes uh, the, the way that PSG set up. And, you know, Danilo has been playing pretty much a, a, a centre-back uh, in the last couple of matches. So it's, it, it's a really intriguing one, this one. Uh, the one thing I would say, looking at PSG coming into this one, is that Tuchel seems to deliver. Uh, you know, if PSG get their best results under him when their backs are completely against the wall, cast our minds back uh, a couple of seasons ago when they went to Manchester United suffering an injury crisis. Uh, you know, a lot of players were unavailable for that one uh, and they managed to, to come away with a priceless first leg victory. OK, they threw it away in the second leg at home, uh, you know, but in the group stages, it's different, particularly with so much pressure on Tuchel and the, the team after this slow start to the season. A very good point. PSG's depth will be tested once again, and hopefully that will happen for them as they lie second in Group H, uh, even on points with Leipzig, though, uh, just behind Manchester United. Let's talk about Dortmund, uh, JJ, as they face Club Bruges. You, you actually talked to Mats Hummels. Uh, this is a very good Dortmund side uh, who has to face uh, Club Bruges at Club Bruges, and then when you look at the standings, Dortmund, even though they're very good, they've won one, lost one, very tight one there with Lazio and Bruges actually leading with four points, and then Dortmund in third place. Uh, what are some of the key things that he talked to you about, especially Gio Reyna, Haaland, etc., and this squad? Yeah, absolutely. It was a delight to speak to Matt recently. Uh, thanks again to him for, for taking the time to have a chat. Uh, and like you mentioned, you know, he was chatting about, uh, you know, this star-studded uh, or starlet-studded uh, Dortmund side, uh, the likes of Reyna, the likes of Haaland, the likes of Sancho, uh, and, and basically focusing on how he is now seen as like a role model to his younger teammates, how he's come back for this second spell with Dortmund, uh, with a lot of experience from his time with, uh, with Bayern Munich and also the, the Germany national team. Uh, and he's sort of using uh, what he's learned uh, you know, and the winning mentality that he's developed uh, in his two spells at Dortmund and also uh, with, uh, with Bayern to 
to great effect with this uh, this young, vibrant side under Lucien Fab. You know, they they've been lacking sort of a, a, a an experienced voice uh, in the in the dressing room. So the fact that he's come back and is is a regular mainstay in the starting eleven to the point where he scored three goals in their last two Bundesliga fixtures, uh, you know, is obviously a, a big big boost. He had a lot of positive things to say uh, about the likes of Reiner, about the likes of Haaland and Sancho. Uh, you know, he, he thinks that uh, Haaland is going to go on to become one of the top scorers of the, the next decade. He's very excited for, for Reina's future, not only with Dortmund, but also with the, with the US men's national team. Uh, and also Sancho, he thinks that he has all of the uh, necessary attributes to become one of the best players in the world in the future. So, you know, that's, that's really glowing praise for, from uh, Mats towards all three players. So finally, uh, JJ, let's talk about Rennes. Uh, they have to travel to Chelsea. I mean, is there any hope here that the Rennes can get anything out of this game? H how do you see it? I, mean, I think it's going to be a boost for Rennes having Enzonzi back. Obviously, we discussed the bizarre nature of his suspension uh, against Sevilla in the last round of matches. But to go there without somebody of the quality of Camavinga, I think, already puts them at a disadvantage. It's a shame we're not going to see him probably until after the international break. Uh, and, you know, this, this Ren side, I, I feel their real opportunities in this group are always going to be the two matches against Krasnodar. So the fact that they've already drawn the first one at home, uh, you know, puts a lot of pressure on them to go and win uh, away at Krasnodar. I mean, I, I think that they could sneak a point. I mean, if you look at how tight they managed to keep it against Sevilla for a long time until they were undone by a fabulous bit of finishing by Luke de Jong, uh, you know, anything can happen. But then again, if you dig deeper into the stats, look at the amount of chances that Sevilla had before they finally found the back of the net, uh, you know, and that takes a bit of a, a bit of the shine off of that Ren performance. So I think if they can keep it tight against Chelsea, uh, you know, that would be a, a big achievement when you consider all of the firepower uh, that Frank Lampard has at his disposal. But in terms of Ren going there and getting the three points, I think it would probably have to be, uh, you know, quite a freak performance, uh, probably an off day for, for Chelsea as well uh, in order for that to happen. But then again, you know, you look at what's happening in the Champions League, in the Europa League and in all of the leagues across Europe at the moment, there are these freak results popping up all the time. So, you know, all hope shouldn't be lost for Ren before they go into this one. Uh, you know, this is, at the end of the day, this is their first uh, taste of Champions League football, their first foray uh, into, the, into the Champions League group stages. This is all a learning experience for them. So they shouldn't be phased by any of the teams they come up against. Uh, you know, just go and try and give the best account of themselves that they possibly can uh, and see what happens at the end of 90 minutes. And, you know, it would be really nice to see Julien Stefan send his team out there fearless, try to create some chances despite these, these absentees uh, and, and see if they can perhaps sneak a point and then, you know, look at the remainder of their matches in the group stage with a bit of positivity, targeting that trip to Russia against Krasnodar uh, as a possible place where they can pick up three points that would move them into Europa League. All right, quick fire round for you, buddy. We've talked about all those three games, all right? So you're just going to give me the score. I don't want anything else, just the score, all right? PSG Leipzig. 1-1. Club Bruges Dortmund. 2-1 Dortmund. Chelsea Rennes. 3-1 Chelsea. Ooh, very good, Jonathan Johnson. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Stay safe, my friend, and we will speak very soon. Thanks, my man. Likewise. 
Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Wednesday Champions League preview. As promised, we have a loaded show and we welcome our friend James Bench from the UK. Bench, how are you, buddy? I'm great. Um, we have two days of freedom left here in the UK before lockdown 2.0. Um, so I'm looking forward to using them, watching football. Um, well, getting used to lock, locking myself in. <laughs> well, uh, stay safe to you and your family. And, uh, you know, here's, uh, here's to watching a lot of the beautiful game. Let's focus on the one that you are really looking at. You will be at the match. Uh, you, you've gone to the press conference. Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea, top of Group E, facing Rennes. Um, a few key injuries, as we expected from the weekend, and a lot to look forward to. Talk to us about Frank Lampard's side as they look ahead to face the Ligue 1 club uh, on Wednesday. Well, um, in terms of the injury front, it was actually quite good news. Obviously, Christian Pulisic pulled up with a hamstring injury um, before the game against Burnley, and you always worry the worst, and I'm sure a lot of our audience were thinking, oh, no. But um, Lampard says it's a very, very minor injury. So he's out against Wren. Um, I'm sure they'll be able to cope without him. Uh, but he could even be back as soon as this weekend. He's been called up for the, the US um, national team. So like, he, he should be fine, which I think that just serves to sort of re-emphasise this abundance of attacking talent and attacking options that Chelsea have. And it's starting to click. For me, the, the person that really makes it, even though he's playing off on the right, is Ziyech in those early games. It's important not to get carried away because Burnley looked shot and the Krasnodar game was a lot tougher than the 4-0 scoreline suggests. But I just... Ziyech is one of those players you can't help but love love watching. Um, he just elegantly floats. He's so good at finding pockets of space, whether that means dropping deep, coming in field, or even drifting out wide. And I think when you've got, say, a, a Pulisic or a Hudson-Odoi that, that is more capable of like pinning his right back on the other on the other flank, Ziyech is much more free to, to roam and he's got Werner dift, drifting out wide. I think in these early, the last few games, we've started to see Chelsea click at both ends. Keeping the clean sheets was massive and just seeing Werner scoring, ZX scoring, it's it's a really exciting time to be a Chelsea fan. And um, Timo Werner talking today was was saying he's he's really feeling like he's learned a lot and and settled in. It's been two months and feels like we're now seeing progress. Yeah, to to the, your point uh, about Werner, Jimmy and I were talking, and Jimmy mentioned obviously that this is a great opportunity for him to just like you know, uh, do what he does best, which is not just be central, but go wide, uh, support perhaps if Tammy Abraham starts up front, like he has all that space to attack. And then you mentioned Ziyech, of course. So, you know, you look at the group, Benj, uh, top of the table, 1-1, one, one, drum one, uh, you know, scored four, haven't conceded a goal yet, looking good. And you should think, you know, this should be just a three points for Chelsea, no? Do, do you fear that maybe... There's a few nerves here, um, or do you see this straight up? No, we'll get this done. I think one of the joys of, of this Chelsea team is they are is their unpredictability. For a, a reporter, for someone covering the team, it's a bit you never know which which Chelsea you're going to get. Having said that, the and that was certainly the case last season, but this season that defence and in particular Thiago Silva and Edouard Mendy. There's just so much less variance. Um, I know Mendy's on five clean sheets from six games, which is a pretty remarkable record. I mean, this hasn't these haven't all been easy games as well. We've had Man United there. He played really well against Krasnodar. Um, I think when you've got that composure at the back, you can weather the storms, and Ren are going to be 
absolutely fearless, I'm sure. Um, keen to remind Chelsea that Mendy can concede goals. Um, obviously, Mendy, a former Wren player. So, there is, you know, there's reason to think, oh, you know, this Wren team could, could cause some difficulties. But I just trust that defence. I trust it so much more with Thiago Silva. And, you know, he's probably going to play in midweek because the game on Saturday is against Sheffield United. You'd think that would be one where they'd feel like they can rest players. Kurt Zuma has improved a lot uh, next to Siet Silva. The whole defence looks so much more settled. And, you know, that, that I think also... Uh, and I'll stop going on about how great Chelsea's front line is in a minute. But when you have that attacking talent, t- opposition is naturally going to be just a bit more hesitant coming forward because you know that Ziyech, Havertz, v- Werner can tear you apart on the break. And actually, the, the criticism you'd make of Werner or the, the challenge for him is he hasn't been given those opportunities to run in behind because defences are terrified of him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so what's your prediction here, uh, Benj? How do you see this one uh, by the end? Probably 2-0, a pretty comfortable 2-0. Um, yeah, I think Chelsea are going to make this look quite easy. And I can't see Mendy ever, 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 ever conceding a goal again. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad, Jonathan Johnson, and Jane Spench. Make sure that you follow us on Kegolasso on Twitter. And again, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, stream us on Spotify or Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your shows. We will see you next time.